Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Next is now. When was the last time you voted in one of your local elections? If you're in Utah and registered to vote, you probably received your ballot already. should be sitting on your kitchen table, or you will receive it shortly for the municipal general elections happening in November. But if history tells us anything, there'll be a whole lot of people who uh, may get that in the recycling bin before they get it into the ballot box. And why is that? Uh, How can we encourage more participation? That's what we're always talking about on this program and always exploring the possible and the ideas and helping us do that today. uh, Michael Hartney from the Manhattan Institute, he's also an assistant professor of political science at Boston College, says that shifting local elections to be on cycle could actually help. And he joins us live on the line now. Professor, thanks for joining us today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's start with just some some basics here in terms of this idea of on-cycle local elections. What does that actually mean for our listeners? What it means is uh, whether your local elections, say for school board or library district or mayor, uh, are held at the same time uh, or at the same uh, in the same election as when you go to vote for, say, president of the United States or Congress, which is obviously in even November in November of even years. And we know that turnout is significantly higher in November of even year elections, um, such that if your local elections are held separate and apart or what we call off cycle um, from those November even-year elections, that turnout tends to be pretty abysmal for, say, school board elections. We're talking maybe 10 to 15 percent of eligible voters turn out. And we always talk about it in terms of uh, things that are going to impact your world and your life the most uh, are actually going to be those local school board races, that local mayor or, or a commissioner race. Uh, and so getting the right attention on that, and and I, I'm so glad you're on today to talk this through because I've always – had this debate in my own head of, okay, if we give them on the off years, does that give them more attention? And will that get us more engagement if they're on on cycle years or presidential years? Will they just get, you know, washed over uh, with all the other attention being on president and Senate and those kinds of things? Uh, What have you been finding? What have you been learning that we should think about as we think about when to have these elections? Sure. So the first thing I think is helpful is to give some context in terms of how big of a difference we're talking about in terms of participation. And then we can maybe talk about some of the potential downsides or concerns about shifting those local races to be concurrent with November, even your election. So in terms of turnout, it's a huge difference. Uh, in fact, for a point of reference, if you think about the recent proposal in Congress known as H.R. 1, almost every provision of H.R. 1, whether it's banning voter ID laws or having um, same-day election registration or providing, say, 15 days of early voting. Every single one of those reforms that have been so controversial, if you add all of them up together, they wouldn't equal the amount of increase in turnout that we see when you talk about shifting from an off-year to an on-year election. We're talking about doubling the amount of turnout. 
So I think that's the first thing to emphasize is this would really shake up the degree to which those who are participating in local elections are much more representative of the local citizens in a community, whether it's a school district or, say, a county. Yeah. Wow. Um, in term, I, yeah. Oh, I, I was I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say that's that's stunning. That uh, more than you know, early voting, uh, ID laws, all of those things. That having it just on on cycle uh, may have the biggest impact in terms of increasing turnout. Yeah, and and it's you know, if you think about something that's not even a political example, but say we always talk in the United States about one of the things we need to improve is our preventative medicine, and so one thing that we see in public health debates are people encourage um, citizens to go see their doctor once a year for an annual checkup. And when I started doing this research, I kind of thought about it this way. Imagine if your health insurance company, and we, we obviously have some very sort of Byzantine rules and around health insurance in the United States, not always the most simple system, but imagine if your health insurance company said that in order to get a comprehensive checkup, you have to visit the doctor three times. And the first time you visit, the doctor can attend to any issue that you have from the neck up. The second time, maybe from the neck down to the waist. And then on your third visit later at the end of the year, they could see any concerns from the waist down. And we know that would be really bad and it would dissuade people from going in and attending to their health. And I think the same thing is what I'm finding here in this research on our democracy, that if you make citizens have to show up at the polls multiple times a year to register their voice, they're not going to do that. That that is a fascinating way to think that through. I love that. I'm going to keep noodling on that because <laughs> uh, I know it's hard enough for me to get to the doctor one time a year, but if I had to go yeah. three times for very you know only for specific parts of my body, uh, I, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and and so you know you uh, you bring up some some good questions. I think about the degree to which, well, so why do we do this? Um, why why are things set up this way? I should first point out that there are some states that don't do it this way. Right. Okay. So we do have some states where all local elections are held in November of even years. Um, but for the most part, I can give you an example, say with school board elections, about, a, about two-thirds of all students in the United States live in a state where school board elections are not mandated to be on cycle. So we're really talking about state laws here. I think that's important. Sometimes I think people forget. Uh, but in the United States, you know, most of the key electoral rules uh, happen at the state level. Um, so states could make these changes. It doesn't require amending, say, the U.S. Constitution. Um, but then people bring up some points it's like, if we've been doing this for so long, what's the problem? Obviously, turnout is an issue. But maybe there are other reasons why we hold elections for local office separate and apart. And I think you alluded to the question of, well, will these races get lost? Uh, will less knowledgeable voters maybe turn out um, uh, and sort of just mark things down ballot? And so these are real concerns. So I looked into these questions. Um, in particular, why don't we start with political knowledge? Um, I looked at survey data on um, voters uh, in school board elections and I, I examined whether they were voting in on or off cycle board elections. And it turns out if you go over lots of different questions about education policy or questions about how much money, say, their school district spends per, per pupil, that the, those who turn out in the November even year on cycle races knew about the same mm. uh, in terms of factual policy matters as the people who turned out in the odd election. So there wasn't very much evidence in support of this kind of like longstanding myth that people think that you're getting, you know, all these yeah. 
super wise voters that turn out in the odd election. Uh, this is this is great insight. I'm I'm going to have you back, Professor. Uh, this is Professor Michael Hartney. He's an assistant professor of political science at Boston College and also with the Manhattan Institute. This is really fascinating stuff, and we're going to keep noodling on this and uh, coming back to this conversation. Uh, because I think there are uh, some of these myths that you've busted are really crucial. How we think about it, I think, is absolutely vital. Uh, I actually just had one texter chime in and say, and having them all on cycle would also save money. Uh, just an interesting side note as yeah. well. But, Professor, thank you so much for weighing in today. We'll have you back. I want to continue this conversation, stay with the question just a little bit longer. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. All right. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news, and we're going to continue our coverage of the death of Colin Powell, the trailblazing former secretary of state. I sat down with former Ambassador John Price from Utah, who knew Secretary Powell, and he shared some interesting experiences you want to listen to coming up next. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.